You're listening to the Crochet Conversations podcast with Ines and Mel, and this is episode 48, The Many Subcategories of Crochet. Good morning, welcome back to the potties. <laughs> potties, happy Sunday guys. Welcome back to the pod. You know what would be so cool? Mm. If we actually made like a podcast pod soundproof pod in our studio and then uh, we can say we'll go to the pod and it actually has double meaning <laughs> <laughs> the pod for the potties the potties um are you comfortable Mel because whiskey uh, our dog just won't leave us alone today so usually he sleeps on his bed but for some reason this morning he's so restless a little bit restless yeah so Mel is leaning very awkwardly towards the microphone because whiskey is on her lap yeah so, uh, yeah, forgive me if you guys can't really hear me, uh, but I will come as close as I can, yeah. Yeah, but his, his face is so cute because the way Mel is sitting, he's on her lap, but he's perched his little head on the tabletop. So all I can see is Mel, and then in front of her is like a little head, yeah. furry head. Yeah, hopefully you won't get too distracted. I, I believe um, recently you did post an Instagram Pose with his head on the oh, on the right, table right. as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's similar to that. Yeah. So if you guys saw the Instagram post when I was working, and I think he was being carried by somebody, I think, and he perched his head on the tabletop. He likes yeah. to, to he do does that. this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to carry him because today he's a little bit. Um, he just won't sit still. He won't be on his bed. He keeps standing up, walking up and down, just very restless. But now. Can you hear that? <laughs> I'm scratching his head. Yeah, yeah. He he's a lot better when we are carrying him. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's jump in today's um, episode. So I get a lot of questions sometimes from people, and this is not really a quick question, um, but it's a question that I've received many times from different people and worded in many ways. So I thought I'd make an episode covering all the different subcategories of crochet and break down what I think are true subcategories and not. Okay, I mean that's interesting because I didn't even know there were different categories Categories, or subcategories of crochet so Yeah. yeah I think this would be something that I'll be finding out more. Yeah. I'm, you look so uncomfortable the way you're sitting. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just part of uh, being a... I think your back is going to ache <laughs> after this. Yeah. Because you look so uncomfortable. But, you know, it's just like, it's how much you love him, right? Yeah, I would just like do a little bit of stretching <laughs> every couple of minutes. Yeah. Okay, so basically, um, if you type into Google, maybe I should give a little bit more of what I mean by subcategories of crochet. So if you type into Google types of crochet, you get a whole long list. And this list is, I think, put together by Google, like Wiki, Wikipedia okay. or whatever. And they put they list different things like single crochet, amigurumi, you know, like bean stitch, star stitch, uh, cluster, granny squares, and all C these things. C2C and... Yeah. yeah, C2C. And along with all these, there's like double crochet, treble crochet, and things like that. But I have found that it's incredibly confusing because if you search it within Google, we all know that a single crochet is not a type of crochet. It is a crochet stitch. And they put it beside star stitch or whatever other pattern. Uh-huh. But that's a star stitch is not a stitch. It's a stitch pattern. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. So there's a lot of confusion, I feel. It's not very clear. And they put, you know, like single crochet in the same category. Like in a category of its own, similar to like Tunisian. Right. And we know that Tunisian crochet is not a single crochet. And it's not, and a single crochet or a double or half double is not a category on its own. Right. So I've decided to put together a list of things that I can find that I have found, um, whether it's like searching or from my own background information, um, about the different types of subcategories, the things you can do with it. And I'll explain a little bit more about what these subcategories are. And I also include things that are currently listed as subcategories, but I don't feel that they are. Okay. Sorry, I got distracted there because Whiskey <laughs> just winked at me. <laughs> I think he knows that, you know, when you're talking about him, he knows that you're referring to him, so he's just staring directly he at you. He is so distracting. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've decided to put together a list that I hope might help. Yeah. Um, because there are a lot of things that I... You know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm picky about it, but I feel like, for example, a C2C 
C2C is not uh, a tech, is not a, a subcategory of crochet. Okay. It's just a technique of putting stitches together. Right. So it falls more into the category of stitch patterns. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where I get really confused, you know, where they interchange certain words like techniques or mm, patterns mm-hmm. or stitch. And it could be referring to all of them or... Mm, or a or, combination. Yeah, a combination. Both, yeah. So I think that is what is like most confusing for me, especially if I Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really... I can't really tell the difference, you know, between... Yeah, yeah because yeah. Tunisian is beside double crochet. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm very familiar with the foundation stitch, the mm-hmm. basic stitch. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite clear and I know you know that a double crochet is is not a category on its own yeah and in fact we had a little bit of a difficult time trying to label this episode because we couldn't decide if it's different types of crochet the different categories of crochet or subcategories of crochet or different stitch techniques of crochet so even naming this episode was a little bit of a nightmare for us because we couldn't figure out how to word it the correct way yeah so I think to begin with this episode, I think we should define what we deem as stitches. Yeah, yeah. Stitch patterns and subcategories. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, and and also just, just keep in mind that there is no right or wrong answer to any of this. This is just my, my understanding of things. So if yeah. you have a different understanding of things, you know, like I always say, write into me and we can have a discussion and I'd love to come back and create a part two, you know, including different people's opinions. So... To start off, uh, I deem stitches as just all the basic foundation st- stitches. So that single crochet, that's half double, double, treble, mm-hmm. and then, you know, double, yeah. treble, and whatever else. Okay. Right? Um, a, so, for example, that could be like a cluster or a popcorn, and these are all stitch patterns to me. Okay. So, like a cluster, like a granny square cluster, is basically made up of three double crochets. Right, right. A yeah. pop, popcorn stitch is made up of five you know, double crochets or like um like a cluster could be three or four or five or whatever, you know. So to me those are stitches, but stitch patterns because it's how you put them together. Or for example, like a V stitch could be, you know, double crochet, chain two double crochet, and that is it's comprised of a double crochet of yeah. a chain stitch yeah. and another double crochet. So to me those are stitch patterns. And then obviously if you're doing like a like a lemon peel stitch, then the stitch pattern would be Double followed by a single, followed by a double, followed by a single. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, these patterns are all just made up of these foundation stitches, yeah, right? The exactly. basic ones, yeah. So, what I always tell my students is that if you understand the basics of the single, half double, double, treble, and double treble onwards, and you understand the concept of a yarn of a pull through two all the way till you reach at the end, then everything in crochet is a permutation of all these things yeah. put together. Yeah, that makes sense. So, to me, that's how I define stitches versus stitch patterns versus subcategories and subcategories to me are different techniques done in crochet that sort of modify the basic stitches for example Tunisian okay and this is the most basic and most straightforward example to give of a subcategory of something where you are not quite doing a double crochet you're not quite working into a stitch you're working into you know different posts you're pulling up different stitches at a time and your yarn of a pull through two is, you know, across an entire row. Okay, yeah, yeah. And you look so confused because you've never tried Tunisian, right? No, but I've seen it. Yeah, yeah so you've you, done it before. Yeah, yeah, so basically, you know how in Tunisian you yarn over, pull up a loop, and then you just continuously do that in all the rows, very similar to a double crochet two together. It's just that you don't work into a stitch. And obviously, it creates a different look and a different, you know, texture. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's still crochet, right? It's still based off of crochet. Okay. Because you use yarn and sort of a long hooky thingy. Okay. Right? But obviously, Tunisian, even the tools are slightly different. Yeah. Because you use like a cross between a crochet hook and a knitting needle. Needle, yeah. Because it's long, right? So to me, those are subcategories of crochet. Um, another subcategory would be, you know, amigurumi. Even though, mm-hmm. even though you could argue, based on what I've just said, that amigurumi is basically single crochets, all single crochets. Yeah. But then again, it's worked up differently because the purpose of a single crochet is not to create the single crochet, but to make a 3D shape. Uh, so to me, amigurumi is a c- true c- category, category on, on its, its own. own. Right. 
Okay, and throughout this episode, I'll also talk about other things like fillet crochet or tapestry or motifs or lace work, but these are not true categories to me. For example, lace work is made up of stitch patterns, you know, a different variety of stitches put together to create like a lace design. So to me, things like that fall under stitch patterns and not a true category in itself. Okay, and I will explain why I think that you know, in, in modern times now, people think it's a category because it's there are some people who only solely specialise in this one thing mm-hmm. and other people who only specialise in the other thing like, you know, fillet or tapestry. So, there was a long introduction. So, with that said, let me just jump into my list and I have them numbered... Um, I have them, okay, so for the purpose of this episode, I have them broken down into true categories, the true subcategories, then what you could consider as, you know, loosely defined categories. Categories, okay. And then I have another list that is what I completely don't view are categories. But it's stated, usually stated yeah. that it's a but, category on its own. But if you Google it, it could potentially come up on I have seen it on some like crochet bloggers list where they say oh this is a subcategory of crochet for example you know like um how about like broomstick lace for example but okay you know to me that's not really (laughs) so anyway I have certain I have a list quite a long list of things I don't consider right should deserve a subcategory I mean obviously you have your category to why you think it, yeah. it, it is uh, I mean your criteria I mean that, yeah, my you know, criteria, why, yeah. why it's a category and why it's not yeah. yeah so I will list them down in this episode okay so let's see uh, let's start let me just start with what I consider are the true categories true subcategories of crochet I don't have a lot it's just uh, one two three it's just four things oh four okay yeah. so there's not a lot actually because you know like I said the world of stitch patterning is already so intense yeah. It's very easy yeah, it to, you know, forget what are considered, you know. The, and, and you know what's a good example? If any of the patterns or, that you can find can be found in one of those, like, big, thick coffee table books, like, 500 crochet stitches. Right, right. You know those crochet books that you find at really, like, bougie <laughs> craft stores? Like, a thousand crochet stitches in one book. Yeah, you know, yeah. Those kind. If your stitch pattern can be found in those books, it's not a category on its own. For example, like if Tunisian has a book on its own because Tunisian requires a whole different base, a whole different understanding of how you pull out loops and how you count loops. And so there are books that is just purely Tunisian crochet alone. There's different stitch patterns just for Tunisian. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and oh. it's built up differently because it okay, has to okay. go row by row. Right. Wow, okay, right? okay, I see. Yeah. So if you can have an entire book in it, I consider it as a subcategory. Like like you mentioned Amigurumi. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can have a book, just, just you know, 100 yeah. different... Yeah, okay. Because you don't like 500 stitches to try, you know. Amigurumi yeah. is not going to be within that. Yes, yeah, it's okay. It's different altogether. Or for example, on my list is beaded crochet. You know, you're going to find a book on its own that's just beaded crochet because there are different ways of putting colour and patterns together and you, you look so confused. <laughs> what is beaded crochet? Okay, maybe that's another Yeah, okay, so let's, yeah, let, let's just um, jump right into this list and I will start with um, the true subcategory number one. And that is something I already mentioned, which is amigurumi crochet. And so amigurumi is actually a Japanese word and I find, you know, I had a little laugh to myself because as I was googling amigurumi crochet, all the, you know, they have these uh, suggested questions, right? They, the Google like shows you all the suggested yeah. things like amigurumi, whatever. Okay. Right? So uh, what I typed was, do you consider amigurumi crochet as a subcategory? <laughs> okay. But I saw so many ways to spell it like like origami crochet or whatever <laughs> and I just had like a little chuckle to myself because I realised that people may not know, know how that, to spell it or may not know that it's a Japanese word right right and so doing some digging amigurumi actually is based off two different Japanese words which means uh, crochet or yarn and stuffed doll or something I don't remember what but basically amigurumi crochet just in Japanese literally just means crochet stuffed doll Okay. And I think it's very saying, it's very, it's kind of like the the whole, what's the one I'm looking for? Culture of Japan where they like, you know, like dress up and cosplay and like recreating characters from shows. And that really is the basis of how Amigurumi started. Oh. Because people started using, you know, crochet 
to make dolls of famous, you know, or popular, popular like, like, like cartoon characters, characters and figurines. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how Army Groomy started. I see. And it's just really, you know, taken a whole life of its own. Yeah. And I know of certain uh, crochet artists or crochet designers who only do Army Groomy. Yeah, yeah. And the number of requests I get for <laughs> Army Groomy anything is just insane. And people think that... It, it, there are two different kinds of people, at least what I've realised. The people who come to me and say, I want to learn to crochet they think it automatically means amigurumi. Yeah, okay. And the and there are other people who want to crochet and they go, oh, you can make toys with it? Like, <laughs> what? You know, so they're yeah. a little bit confused. So it's always these two kinds of people. And now, I don't do amigurumi at all. Yeah. And this is something that I get asked a lot, which I have not yet fully addressed, why I don't do amigurumi. And not that I think there's anything wrong with it. It's just that I have not... I wanted to say a personal vendetta but it's it's not really (laughs) i just personally don't i cannot justify to myself spending time and effort and material to make something that doesn't have a specific purpose to it okay you know so and it's very similar to our brands uh you know like what's the word like when we describe our brand i like to say that we're functional modern yeah correct very I don't. I guess practical, yeah. like like used for for the the yeah, crochet so item. I like right? to say that we are you know a modern brand yeah. dedicated to functionality, you know practicality and design. So I don't feel that amigurumi falls within that, that falls within the functionality. That, yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. and I'm very very practical that way. So I can't justify to myself. Yeah you know, putting in so much effort to make a little stuffed toy and I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But I can really see the, what do you call it? How do you say it? Like the idea and the popularity around yeah. it. Because I do like, I do really like cute little yeah, stuff. Yeah, small things, yeah. Like if I were to see a crochet stuffed turtle. Oh my gosh. For no reason at all, I would be so inclined to get to it. To want to get you, it, yeah. To want to get it, you know what I mean? You, and I have to say, even though... I don't do amigurumi myself. I love browsing on Pinterest amigurumi designs. <laughs> I think there was a period of time we kept looking at uh, amigurumi vegetables, I think. Oh, yeah. That was what I was going <laughs> to say. Uh, my favourite kind of amigurumi to look at, uh, there's this Japanese artist that does it, but I don't remember her name. It's just I came across her on Pinterest. Yeah. But she makes really hyper-realistic fruits and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. And at it's a glance... Insane. Yeah, it, at a glance, it looks it looks like you're looking at a plate of like food. Yeah. But when you zoom in, you you see that it's crochet. It's crochet. And she it's uses insane. a really, really, really thin thread, almost like lace lace weight yarn. Yeah. And you know the the tomatoes and the onions and the avocado, and it's <laughs> it's not a cartoonish kind. It's, it's so, so realistic. Yes. It's it's basically hyper realistic crochet. Yeah. yeah. And I love looking. And I have a friend who does only. Uh, amigurumi. amigurumi, yeah. So I'll, I'll forward her these pictures that I find on yeah. Instagram. I'll forward and alter yeah. her. And it's just... And she doesn't do that, so... But she she can appreciate, you know, like a good laugh about yeah. it. Because the kind of amigurumi that she does is really like cute, cute little Christmas trees with eyes yeah. and, you know, yeah. ice cream cones with a smiley face. Yeah, but I, I think it really does use a different uh, uh, technique and like different skill set. Understanding of yeah. crochet. And Mel, you've tried Amigurumi, I right? did <laughs> once and only once. I think it's still a work in progress. I think I think I managed to do the head of if what? I'm not wrong. You have you haven't told them what it is. I uh, it was a Star Wars character. <laughs> I'm not very familiar. I think it was. It's one a stormtrooper. The... Ah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clearly, Mel's not into Star Wars. <laughs> I attempted that. Yeah. Yeah. So she, I have a friend who tried to attempt at Amigurumi, and she said she gave up. So she bought an entire Star Wars pattern book. Yeah, yeah. It's like the official Star Wars pattern book, and she passed it to Mel because she said, "I cannot do it. You try." Yeah, <laughs> so. and I, I think I was a bit overconfident. When yeah. I decided to, yeah, you know, try, try it. and this was maybe like a year, two years ago. Yeah, probably. And two years ago, Mel knew nothing about reading patterns. Wow, that, that was the most difficult part for me. I so think. So when yeah, so when she said, you know, with her limited understanding of crochet, how she wanted to try amigurumi. And the thing is, it's not really just made up of uh. What do you call single it? Single crochet. crochet. Yeah. There are certain parts of the. I think it depends on the pattern where yeah. you need. Maybe increases a, a and special decreases, yeah. kind of stitch it's, pattern. I, yeah. I think it's only because of the pattern you were doing. You needed to make like a, a 
bulbous thingy coming out of the stormtrooper's side. Yeah, I think so. So basically what the pattern required of her was a cluster stitch, like a popcorn oh, yeah, cluster. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yes. And I think that was, was what it was. For somebody who's only done like single double, <laughs> that was really yeah. intense and, to try to teach and her. I, and I picked that because it was white and it, a lighter colour yarn would be easier to work and start off with, no, right? No, but not white though. But Oh, not white? No, I think that's one of the common misunderstanding with beginners they say oh I know that black is hard to work with so I'm gonna do right. white but with white you don't see any stitch definition as well it's the exact same thing as black it's just that now it's oh, in white oh I didn't think of that you know if it's grey you know when the shadows hit it you see a little bit of you know the light and dark yeah. it's easier to define where the posts are and things like that but <laughs> could that be why I was struggling so, so I, much with it as well I think it could be so anyway this yeah. is the first category of what I consider to be a true subcategory of crochet and that's army grooming so now let's move on to the second category and that is freeform freeform right and again, you know, you could argue that freeform crochet uses all the basic stitches, right? And the foundation of stitches. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's a subcategory on its own because there are no rules. You know, like people would ask me, which stitch do I go into for this row? And in freeform, there is no such thing. Whatever you feel like doing, you just do. And it does, it sounds, it sounds so like, duh, right? You don't have to explain it. But actually, people require more... <laughs> What's the word? Like explaining. Yeah, people require more instructions than you think in freeform crochet. And when I try to teach somebody freeform, they, they get very confused and very afraid mm. to work into the wrong place. But that's the whole thing about freeform is that there is no right and there is no wrong. Yeah, no no rules about it. Yeah. And so basically, if you don't know what freeform, freeform crochet is, it's just uncharted territory in crochet there are no rules you can mix and match different stitch patterns you can do you can mix and match different yarn size yarn weights you know different colors and you can do it in however you want it to yeah you can do it in two separate pieces and combine it together in any old way you want it to <laughs> yeah it can be texture it can be flat it can be 3d it could be anything you want yeah i think that's why it's, it's funny the irony when you say you have to teach someone how to yeah, do free form i have to teach yeah. them to unlearn everything right that they've learned in crochet because they're now understanding that crochet, oh, it's structured. You know, every stitch, you know, if there's 20 stitches in this row, there, there will be 20 stitches in the next row. Yeah. And 20, so on and so forth. And at every row, there will be a certain stitch count that I need to meet. For example, in a circle, it's 12 double crochets. In round two, there will be 24. And then, you know, 36 or whatever. But in free form crochet, it's not like that. You could, you could want 10 stitches in the next or, you know, 12 in the next, yeah. and then 24 in the next. I think I might have fun with freeform. I haven't tried it yet, but I, I, I mean, it sounds like fun. I think you will hate it. Really? <laughs> yeah, because... It sounds like fun, though. I think you're somebody that likes the, the crochet and, like, the building up. I like, like the structure of yeah. what crochet provides. So I think freeform might stress you a little bit. And to be honest, that's how I felt initially. It mm. did stress me out a little bit. Because no matter how freeform I tried to make my work, I always ended up with a nice square. <laughs> Ah, I see. What because you mean. in my mind, you know, I'm I'm trying to work in a stitch a certain way, but you know, it it doesn't have to be. So in in freeform crochet, you could do a row of twenty stitches, and then you could rotate that on the side, and do five on the other side. On the right. other side, and you can flip it to the back and work on it on a diagonal. There's just so many ways around it, mm. and. What I think is the most amazing is that there are certain free. There are a group of freeform crochet artists on Instagram who does beautiful portraits. Oh. Entirely freeform crochet. So yeah. if you look at look at it up close, they basically use um, the different yarn, the different stitch patterns put together, and it's done in such a beautiful, unstructured way, but creating really beautiful structured, almost painting lookalike. You yeah. know. Yeah. And to me, I think that's one of the most amazing things about freeform is that it's so unstructured that it creates, I don't know, something so structured and beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. And this always reminds me of a quote from Pablo Picasso where he says, first, to be a great artist, first you have to learn the rules, then you have to break the rules. Right. So to me, freeform is kind of like the, if you can do freeform crochet and create beautiful things, 
right you're like at the next level like you're Super like beyond advanced, that yeah. yeah like i worship you you know yeah. that's why i was thinking if i were to do freeform and enjoy it it probably wouldn't turn out really nice to be honest so it's probably yes i can do freeform but not yeah not so have it i like, and yeah. i have seen you know freeform crochet that is just meant to use up scrap yarn right and i think we talked about this in the one of the previous episodes what to do with yarn scraps right right and freeform can be used in that way where you can just put together different kinds of stitches to use up use scrap. up yeah. The, yeah yeah but it doesn't necessarily look the most beautiful <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. and i think the difficult thing is making it look really, really refined and mm. really sophisticated and clean you know, it's it's one thing to put random stitches together, yeah, right. but to put them together in a way Nicely. that looks elegant, yeah. yeah, man, that's a whole other level. Whole other so level. Yes. If you are able to do that, like hats off to you, like that's really amazing. And in fact, that's something that I am personally working towards. Yes, yeah. you know, trying to get better at not wanting to be good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get better at letting go of the perfectionism that I like to find in my crochet. Yeah. You know, because yeah. crochet for for me, and I guess it's different for everybody, you know, crochet plays into your well-being or mental well-being yeah. in a very different way. So some people use crochet to get away from things and some people use crochet to help them tune in and, and refocus their attention onto something and feel, you know, a sense of accomplishment. And this is really bordering on arts therapy already. But to me, crochet is for me to, you know, get better and figure out how to put things together. And it sort of uses my creative mind as well as my engineering mind. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, in case some of you didn't know, which I don't think I've mentioned before, I did do two and a half years of biomedical engineering. So I do have two and a half years of biomedical engineering background. But obviously, I dropped out of that college course in decided that I needed to go back to the arts somehow. So that's a long story. So, and the thing I liked about, you know, doing a little bit of engineering is that everything is structured. You can look at anything and it's the it's the challenge to break it down and recreate. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's crochet. You know, when I see somebody wearing like a crochet top or if I see crochet on the runway, it, it taps into... You just naturally, into, you know, yeah. Yeah, it taps into that part of my brain where I, you know, figure out how to deconstruct it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see you do that all the time. <laughs> like, like to reverse engineer something and to rebuild it up in crochet and it's the figuring out and, you know, I'm somebody that, love, that loves puzzles and yeah. putting things together. So crochet is like the perfect combination of arts and science. Yeah, that allows you to do that. Yeah, allows me to sort of have that balance. So in free form now, I have to undo <laughs> everything that I learn. Yeah. You know, I need to understand that the, it's really truly about the process and not about the finished product. Yeah. And I need to be comfortable with however the finished product might be. Yeah, easier said than done, right? And yeah, and that really is <laughs> so much more... It's so much easier to say. I think when I see you do free form, that's the only time I, I don't see you crocheting fast. Mm. Other times you you're, you're crocheting so fast before you know like within five minutes I, I see you working on like another A portion section, of the, yeah. yeah with free form you are really taking your time not because you you know you just yeah. have to yeah yeah and I find that the reason I take my time is because I overthink it oh I see and I sort of second guess am I doing it here this is right wait oh, hang on there's no right there's no wrong <laughs> yeah. if I want to do it here I get to do it here right right you do look like you're planning you're, yeah. you're sort of like planning your, your next yeah. step which you're trying to say you're not supposed to be really doing that I mean right? you could do a combination of both so what I there's also two reasons why I take so long because because you could put together any two things it's very easy not to think about the next yarn that you're adding to the project. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm one if I want to make like an art piece, so in our whips, you know, we talked about doing like a, a freeform art piece which yeah. I'm currently in the midst of. Along with the joy of creating an art piece, I want it to also look nice somehow. And I think that's where, you know, earlier I talked about making something random also look elegant. And I think that's where the thinking comes in because yeah. I'm not really thinking about the stitches. I'm thinking about does this combination of two very different yarns put together will it look as nice? And if in the grand scale of this piece, which I have a rough idea of how I want it to look like, in the grand scale, do I want this like yellow patch here? <laughs> or do I not? You know, yeah. and I am rearranging the puzzle pieces in my mind yeah. as I'm as as I'm trying to build it. 
But at the same time, I also doubt myself. Like, should I? Should I not? You know. So yeah, I guess I guess that's why like, it's yeah, a learning like process for me. Yeah, it's the the part of the process, right? Yeah. yeah. And if you guys are like this too, let me know because I'm really interested. You know, to know how other people's creative process is like. Yeah. You know, not for me to steal anything, but if there's a way that I can learn from somebody else. And you know, find ways that I can experiment, find tuning what I'm doing. It's something that I really I love to find out. So share with me on Instagram if this is something you struggle with too. <laughs> if you've ever tried freeform, I love to know what other you know tips and tricks that yeah. you have found works for you to help you get past this, you know, this self doubt and like falling into your own becoming <laughs> your own worst enemy. Yeah. <laughs> so now let's move on to the point. Uh, the next category, which is point number three for me, and it's Tunisian, and we talked about that earlier too. That I consider Tunisian crochet a true subcategory of crochet because it even uses a whole different set of tools. Yeah, and I mean you could use um, a regular crochet hook if you wanted to do Tunisian, but you know it can't have the little handle or the bump in the middle. So and also if you want to cast on a lot of stitches for Tunisian, you kind of need a longer crochet hook. So there are other subcategories of Tunisian too. So Tunisian has its own subcategory. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and that is called entrelac, or uh, entrelac. I think it's entrelac crochet. Right. Where it just literally means inter interwoven or interweave or or inter into something. Okay. <laughs> like intercombined or whatever. And it's a kind of uh, if I mean if you don't know what Tunisian is, it's just a combination of knit and crochet, and it kind of uses a crochet hook, but as long as knitting needles, and you pull up loops along the way in what we call the forward pass and you yarn over pull through two all the way back which is what we call the return pass so in Tunisian we do you know we don't count it by rows we do forward pass and return pass okay and there are different many 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 different stitch patterns in Tunisian alone wow. built up in Tunisian okay I didn't know that so you could have like a honeycomb stitch in Tunisian and also a honeycomb stitch in like regular crochet but they're built up differently and they have a different look they also obviously have a different texture so Tunisian to me is a whole other subcategory on its own yeah on its own and you know it's I, I like it but I don't know I, I think Tunisian builds up a little bit faster than crochet which is why I might choose it but I don't like that Tunisian uses so much yarn oh okay it creates a really thick fabric which I I don't like having really thick fabric. Yeah. Also because we're in Singapore and it's like summer 24-7. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess in this case, it depends on what you're, what you're climate making. You are, yeah. Yeah. And what climate, yeah. yeah. But you can make really beautiful stitch patterns in Tunisia. And I'm not going to talk too much about Tunisian because I think it's been mentioned a lot already at this point. Mm -hmm. But if you want me to have another episode just explaining what Tunisian is, because there are some people who still don't know what Tunisian is. So if that's the case, uh, leave me a message and let me know and I would go into another whole episode episode just talking about Tunisian alone. Mm. Now the next and final category which I consider a true category of crochet is the beaded crochet. And now beaded crochet is something that's extremely specific. It's using a string of beads and crocheting a little rope from oh, it. Oh okay. So the end result would be either like a necklace or like a rope that you can use for like bags and whatnot because it's all crocheted together. And the reason why I consider this a subcategory on its own is even though you're working, you know, single crochets and slip stitches all throughout, you know, your rope itself, you don't really have the final look if you don't have the beads. So to me, beaded crochet needs the beads in order to become beaded crochet. <laughs> yeah, of course. You can't just do single crochet and slip stitch on its own and create a rope. And you you could do that, it would still create that tubular looking uh, cord-like cord you know, look, the right. result. But the whole point of it is that you use the beads to create patterns yeah. and you know. And so you can find specific uh, bead patterns that tell you to you know string a bunch of beads together. So you literally string on like hundreds of beads first and then as you are crocheting you slip one bead into your stitch and crochet oh, that in. Oh wow, okay. So when you're done with your with your tubular cord, you don't see any you don't see any yarn. All you see are beads stacked together nicely side by side. Oh my goodness, okay. So it spirals yeah. upwards, right. you know, in yeah. a tubular form. Right. So to me this is 
a category on its own. You know, for a second, I thought you you were saying that I'm supposed to use yarn already attached with beads. Yeah, so you string it. the yarn, you string the, the beads, beads into in the yarn. As you're working with it, right? Yeah, okay. so that's one way. I have seen other people, you know, they as they crochet, they pick up they yeah. pick up the yarn itself but I think it creates a different look okay can't quite explain it but so so you could do I mean you could look into it I'm, obviously I'm not an expert into, in it I've only tried it like once or twice before and only a really small sample piece but to me it's a subcategory because mm. you don't have beaded crochet without beads yeah that makes sense so that that is my total in total what was it four. my four yeah. main true subcategories of crochet where it's amigurumi uh, freeform Tunisian and beaded crochet. Anything else outside of these four categories to me are stitch patterns. Okay. Which will be what we talk about now moving forward in the next section. And I have to say that I didn't expect this episode to be already like at 30 something minutes long. I thought that this whole episode would be over in half an hour. Yeah. So we might have to do a part two. I don't know. We'll, we'll, We'll see. So moving forward in this next section of the episode, I'm going to talk about the more common uh, stitch stitch patterns or subcategories or, or what I consider to be stitch patterns but other people might say it could be a whole subcategory on its own. So this is kind of the portion where it's murky, it's like a little bit in the grey area of whether right. it's a category or a stitch pattern. So I'm going to say it's a stitch pattern and I have quite a few and I'm just going to list them now so that you have an idea of what the these stitch patterns are. And it's a fillet crochet. It's hairpin crochet, overlay or mosaic crochet, tapestry crochet, also known as intarsia, as well as my favourite, C to Z. Oh, okay. So all these things, some people say it's a category on its own. Oh, sorry, that's my book. Uh, some people say it's a category on its own because, you know, there are people who only specialize in certain things or it requires, it gives you a different look. But to me, like I said, they're all stitch patterns. They're just how you put the stitches, the foundation stitches, that's the uh, single, double, half, double, yeah. treble. Right? It's yeah. how you put them together and it's not really a whole technique of its own. If you know these four basic stitches, you can basically do any of these. Yeah. It is built upon that inform- that information. So let's start with the first one. Let's start with the fillet crochet. And what that is, is basically just a lot of double crochets, chain one, double crochet, chain one, to form a grid. So you do a double crochet, skip one, chain one, double crochet into the next. Okay. Then you skip one, chain one, double crochet into the next. So ultimately you end up forming like a little grid like a like a grid pattern and you you deliberately put a stitch in one of those spaces to create like a look so this fillet crochet is seen in a lot of vintage patterns where it kind of mimics like a lace and you the portions that are filled in will become the pattern itself so if you've ever seen it's basically like having like a grid on paper Mm -hmm. and you're just colouring in the different squares to make a shape. So the portions that you don't colour in Uh. become the negative space and the portions that you do colour in become the positive space and that's the shape of the picture or the image that you see. Okay, okay. So in fillet crochet, it's very similar where you create the grid and in that chain one, skip one space, that becomes the negative portion where you can see right through and then there will be certain sections where you don't chain one, skip one, you just put a stitch in directly and that becomes the positive space. So the portions that are shaded in or coloured in. So just do, just go do a quick Google fillet crochet, F-I-L-E-T crochet and you will see it's just made up of double crochets and chains, chain ones and double crochets. Okay. For this reason, I don't consider it a a subcategory on its own own because you can, you know, you can work with, you can have a portion in like a scarf or a blanket that utilizes this chain one, skip one look. Okay. You know, to create like a grid or to to have it filled in or not and it doesn't necessarily use, utilize like a whole different stitch technique or pattern Mm. altogether. It's just how many chains you put in give you a more spaced out look and how many chains you don't put in give you a more solid double crochet right. And it's not like there's many different ways of doing this. There are many different patterns. So I guess I guess that's not what you're asking, but just to clarify, there are many 
books that, that will tell you like kind of which squares to fill in to make the pattern but all in all it's just whether you fill in this square or you fill or in the that other square. one right yep so it's not really anything different literally your whole piece is made out of double crochets <laughs> chain ones and skip ones right okay so that's fillet crochet on its own and like i said it's used a lot in vintage uh vintage crochet where you see they're really pretty lace patterns mm. Uh, a lot of window curtains are made from it because it's like a light airy you can sort of see through it it's light right. and breezy but you can still make like a flower pattern if you fill up the different chain ones oh, chain okay. ones skip ones interesting in however the pattern calls for you to yeah. do so yeah now the next thing that I want to mention is the hairpin crochet and this is I guess I can see why some people say this is a subcategory on its own because it is worked on a loom uh. but it's worked around the loom on the outside and it's the hairpin crochet is not so common anymore because you have you know you have yarn that can it's light enough that you could work it without a hair without the loom so and on YouTube there are some patterns that just don't require a loom, you just pull up a really long loop and, you know, single crochet, secure it down to the base. So, and all it does is it creates like a fringy, like a fringe look okay. at the end of your work. And when you're done crocheting around this loom, you remove the loom and, you know, because you're working around the loom, you pull really long strands of yarn uh -huh. and these really long strands of yarn sort of become like a fringe. And that's basically all there is to hairpin crochet. And I the see. reason why they say hairpin is because in the past, it really was used between two long pins. You know, very similar to the kind of bobby pins you put in oh, your hair. Okay. But nowadays, it's just worked, or at least in the more modern times, it's worked just over a wooden loom. Oh. But you don't work it inside the loom. You just kind of go around it and single crochet together down the center. Then when you're done, like I said, you just remove it. And so it creates like a lot of fringy, fringy pattern along the yeah, outside. Yeah, I've seen it before, yeah. Yeah, and so you could also do that um, and have very many rows. But usually it's in one long row and then people will attach it together. Okay. So you can, like, some of the ways I've seen hairpin crochet used is when you're making those like 20s, 1920s flapper dresses with all the fringe. Ah. I have seen it recreated using hairpin crochet where it's just long strips of this hairpin lace or so they call it and they just attached it together to make like a fringe look okay so I don't consider it um, a subcategory on its own because it's just clever manipulation of where you wrap your yarn All around of the yarn right ultimately you still secure it to sort of the, the central base with a single crochet or a slip stitch but is so, it because you kind of have to use like a separate two kind of like to need Tunisian, Tunisian, right? You have yeah. to use another tool to You could, work but with like, it. like I said, I've seen lots of modern designs that don't require a hairpin. All you have to do is use your fingers, stretch it out tall, uh, you know, or put a ruler in between and crochet around the ruler. You okay, know, that, that also works, you know. Just to create that look, right? Just mm. it all, and all the, the pins does, all the loom does, is gives you even spacing between two sides. That's right. all it does. So you crochet down the center of the loom, and on both sides, you sort of have an even space, and it just ensures that every time you do a really long pull up mm -hmm. it's the same, it's the same. every time yeah. and that's kind of very similar to like broomstick broomstick lace right you know okay. which i will talk about much later on in this episode now moving on to my fourth one oh wait hang on my third one right and this is overlay crochet or sometimes i see mosaic crochet so these two terms are sometimes interchanged so oh, it's either okay. mosaic crochet or overlay crochet and i think overlay crochet is the more accurate term because mosaic crochet is just how i think it's the name is sort of given because it looks like mosaic tile work you know those like roman mosaic right, right. tile work so yeah. i think it it's called mosaic crochet because it looks like it but i think overlay crochet is the more actual more accurate term. more accurate term yeah yeah so overlay crochet is basically front and back posts yeah you know and back loops only and front posts only yeah. you, know, you know so the reason why I don't consider it a technique all on its own it's because you can use front posts and back posts for things that are not considered you know it's not exclusively yeah and I get why some people also do say that it is a, a subcategory on its own because you you primarily make use of this front post back post to create a pattern but that's again clever manipulation <laughs> of how you put the stitches together right because you could also do front pose and back pose and lots of front pose and back pose 
and it ends up becoming a collar of a shirt, like the one that yeah, you are working I'm, I'm on. Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with front pose and back pose, yeah. Yeah, because Mel is currently, you know, working on her t-shirt, another t-shirt, and she's doing the cuff, the, the neck. The collar, the yeah. The collar line and the bottom cuff and all that. So front post and back post could be used in a variety of stitches. You know, think about the alpine stitch. So those of you who know what alpine stitch looks like, you're basically working a regular double crochet and a front post double crochet. And you interchange that throughout your whole pattern to create like a textured look. Yeah. So front post double crochet, back post double crochet, back loops only, front loops only, it's not specific to a particular craft. It's just a modification of a regular stitch. And if you know the basic, you know, you could also front post, back post with like single, half double, treble, I double. I see. It's just that mosaic crochet makes use of these front posts and back posts almost exclusively to create a certain kind of really textured look. Right. And if you know how front post works, you're actually going into the post of the stitch in the row below. So it sort of eats into the row below and sort of bleeds into it, which is why it's called mosaic crochet because the pattern from one row doesn't just stay it doesn't just stay in a regular striped row. Yeah, yeah. It sort of bleeds into the row above and below it. And by doing front post and back post, you create that textured. Yeah. And front and back loops only gives you, you know, that rich look. So in mosaic crochet, it's worked almost exclusively in that. And if you do have a regular double crochet, it's just basically a setup row for you to work a treble, a front post treble or double in the next row. So I don't consider this a a particular technique because you can have like say you know a scarf like I mentioned and a section of it using front and back pose and use the basis of mosaic crochet to create a pattern it's just that in mosaic crochet you only use this this technique or whatever yeah. stitch to yeah. make your work yeah so your work only looks like that yeah so your work yeah. only looks like that so if you see mosaic crochet you you will see that there are lots of like rows and zigzag and look okay. like a maze you know ah. because of, of all the lines into interweaving yeah. with, with each other yeah i always thought it was two separate things which like having a base um a base first mm -hmm. and then stitching on top of it you could it's like you kind could, of like a two separate thing you could also do that if the pattern calls for it right. so you could have a base and then you could come in with a different yarn and do like front post on all of them uh. but a lot of the times especially now when there are like more people working on overlay and mosaic you know the pattern will call you will call for you to work you know it all in one strand I see one piece and then you just change yarn and change oh, okay. colours as it goes along right it all is part of this overlay and mosaic <laughs> world because they all make use of front posts and back posts I see okay okay I can, I can understand that now because I'm familiar with that, that stitch yeah and I, there are people who also say that it's like two separate things but I don't think it is I think it's yeah. all the same thing because it's just how you work yeah, it yeah I'm thinking it uh, the word literally right like mm. I have something like a base and I overlay it on top with like something else. Yeah. Well, you're not wrong. It's just that it's the stitch itself that's overlaying on yeah, top. Because right. if you okay. if you think about how you work up a, a rib stitch, like front post yep. and back post for the collar, you know, when you bring your yarn all the way down, work into the back of the post from yep. the previous row, you're sort of bringing the yarn really like further down and overlaying on the row below yeah, it. Correct, yes. You know, and then the, that goes the same for the previous yeah. rows moving forward yeah. so that that's also where the name came from but I really think that the name overlay and mosaic came from the look itself yeah yeah because there's no pattern that specifically says if you use front post and back post it's called you know XYZ yeah yeah right you know, it's called this particular thing it's not you know it's all based on the look of it itself yeah so that's that's the reason why to me mosaic or overlay crochet is not a subcategory it's just a pattern on its own. A stitch pattern. Yeah. It's just that, you know, you can create so many things with it and so many different ways of building up that it could almost, you could work exclusively with it yeah. and still do something amazing. Yeah, it's like another name for the, the look that it comes up with. Yeah. And I think because it probably has become so popular that people actually think there's a, 
the subcategory of it. Or, or you know, like there are people who only work exclusively yeah. with this, with this uh, overlay technique. And to be honest, it's it takes a little bit of getting used to because the fabric is kind of thick, and you need to think in terms of working the row above or below. Right. So it's not as simple as one row after another. And so for that reason, I think it's why people put it as a category on its own. Yeah. Because kind of like amigurumi, you know, you kind of need to put the stitches with the intent of using it to create something else. Right. Okay. So when you yeah. do a row of double crochets, your intent is not really you don't what you're doing is not a double crochet. What you're doing is creating a setup row or foundation row to for the overlay on, on top. top of that. Yeah. So it makes you think of the stitches a little bit differently. Mm, mm. And so for that reason, I think it's why people say it's a category on its own. But I mean, really, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, at least that's in my opinion. At yeah, least that makes sense. Okay. So moving on to the fourth point and the fourth type of crochet is tapestry crochet oh, okay. or also known as intasia and tapestry crochet basically it's single crochets the only difference is you are holding more than one strand of yarn you're holding it oh oops oops oh whiskey it's okay so guys it's my turn to hold whiskey now so in the middle of of this episode we sort of swapped uh, yeah. duties shared responsibilities <laughs> so now whiskey's on my lap oh my goodness okay so what was I saying? Oh, tapestry crochet. So the only difference between tapestry crochet and regular crochet is that you hold more than one strand in your hand at the same time and you carry your work along with you. So if you know what it's like to bury your tails into your work as you're crocheting with it, to hold it over your yarn and crochet over your tails, yeah. tapestry sort of makes use of that concept but you bring in all strands of yarn. So you're basically holding like three different balls of yarn oh, or four wow. or five depending on how many colors you want to work with ah. so you just crochet along the way and every time you want to swap a color you just yarn over pull through two with the new strand of color well this sounds difficult it sounds more difficult than it is it's actually not so difficult the only thing i struggle with sometimes is making sure my yarn doesn't tangle oh. because you know your yeah. the work or the piece that you're working on is kind of connected to four or five different Balls, balls of, of yarn. yarn yeah I would think you kind of need a lot of space <laughs> well not really you to just need to make sure it doesn't tangle because yeah. when you pick up a strand you need to be very careful how you pick it up okay, yeah. so that you know it doesn't twist uh, it doesn't twist oh and also when you you flip over your your stitch your to work, the next yeah. row uh -huh. you know all that strand's gonna twist as well wow. so that's the only difficult thing obviously if you're working with two colours it'll be a lot easier yeah so, so far, how I like to work with it is having black and one other colour. So, this one other colour, say like red or blue or yellow or whatever, mm -hmm. that would be the background colour. And the portion in black will be sort of like an outline of oh. the image or the alphabet that I want to create. Right. So, at the end of the day, when you're done with your project, you have a really dense project built up mostly in single crochet stitches. But in that single crochet is actually, you're carrying like a ton of yarn different yarn strands along your work each row. Okay. So that's all there is to tapestry crochet. And I also want to add one thing that I think I missed out is that in tapestry crochet your work is entirely reversible. So it looks the same on the front side, side. as well as the back side yeah. because you are turning your your pattern on every row so you work equally on both sides and because you are wrapping your yarn all the strands within this double crochet I mean the single crochet itself you don't have you don't carry the yarn at the back uh, like the way you do with Fair Isle or you know color when you change color in knitting you know you have to mm. carry the yarn at the back with tapestry crochet you don't do that because everything is nicely buried into your stitches right so i think it makes a really nice look i think if you want to make like tote bags or something you want to carry because it's a lot of strands you're carrying it makes the piece a lot sturdier a lot mm. more dense and i actually really like the way tapestry crochet looks at the end do you think because it looks or seems like a very specific technique that people like to uh, like you know like to, to see it as a, a subcategory sub uh, i think it's because there is no other stitch or you know pattern in crochet that requires you to carry all the strands together uh, you know usually they tell you that if you want to change color if it's a double crochet for example you yarn over and pull through two in the new color that you want yeah, but yeah. then you have all the tails to weave in yeah right so i think in tapestries because you carry everything together and you work exclusively in single crochet it feels it feels kind of too specific almost mm. like it's a very specific 
way of doing things. Yeah. So I think for that reason, people say it's a category, category yeah. on its own. And it's also called tapestry because it's... um. When you're done with your piece, it creates a really seamless look that you could build up into a huge, you know, like a tapestry work in ah, itself. Okay. So that's the reason why. And why it's, it's, called, it's, mm. it's also sometimes known as like color work. You know, when you pick up different colors that you want to work with. There are so many names, really, honestly, yeah. I can't quite keep <laughs> up anymore. But I know that the most common way of calling this particular way of working is tapestry crochet or intarsia. And also, fun fact... I have a, a, a new project, a new whip <laughs> I have already planned that I intend to work up in tapestry crochet. Mm-hmm. And you guys know that we love Harry Potter. And I'm from the Ravenclaw house, or at least I identify with Ravenclaw. And on the Pottermore, you know, I feel like I feel a need to explain, explain. that <laughs> on the Pottermore side, when I took the sorting quiz, I was sorted into Ravenclaw. So I intend for my next project to do up a Ravenclaw crest or right. flag mm-hmm. but done up in tapestry, tapestry crochet and if it works out well then I'll do one more that ins- that's a, a Hufflepuff for, for me so that on our bed because we Mel and I like the bed we are on we have a huge headboard and I think it would be so cute if on the side of the headboards have we have our, our house our right? house yeah and then yeah. on mine would be you know uh, Ravenclaw and yours would be Hufflepuff so yeah. and then I, I think that you know, initially we're looking for patterns that only have two colors, so I don't have to work with so much yarn. But I, you know, maybe I could consider working with three Challenge or four. Challenge yourself. <laughs> I, I don't. I might need your help with this because I, I, you have to sort of read, and it's not, it's not so easy as just buying a pattern. You kind of need to go onto like a website, but there are so many free sites where you input the pattern you want, and it forms a grid for you. It splits your patterns up into yeah. grids, yeah. kind of very similar to um, cross stitch. Oh, whiskey. Yeah, so easier for you to uh, understand which uh, which portion to change, change the color, yeah, right? That's right. So if you do more than one colors, and then you just have to read the the pattern, so you can input the colors you want. So if you want your row to be a hundred stitches across, then you know you just count, you know, hundred chains yeah. or hundred yeah. grids, and then you just work up that and put way. the measurement that way yeah. yeah so I think I might need your help <laughs> <laughs> yeah to, to kind read, of find the, the pattern yeah. to find the pattern you know translate that into a grid for me and then yeah. you know let me um, count the number of yeah. stitches because it's so much counting you know yeah. it's like yeah. three blue squares followed by one black square followed <laughs> yeah. by two to make sure you don't like suddenly have like a black dot yeah, somewhere random of, right yeah so I that's that's my next project so I'm quite excited about that um, I don't think I'm starting anytime soon though because I'm trying to be so disciplined <laughs> to with, finish the rest of your whips right yeah to finish the rest of my and if you listen to the what's going on with our whips episode it took us two whole episodes to talk about whips <laughs> that's how many whips we have yeah. so that's a little bit insane so I, I'm trying to be so disciplined and not start on it but let me tell you I'm already thinking about I, it. Yeah, in my mind. I know. Yeah, yeah. We've so, been looking for like nice patterns, uh, yeah. images. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you Mel knew what I was, I was looking for yeah. when I told her just find me a Ravenclaw pattern because um, I was trying not to tell her too much that I can share it in this episode. Uh, I see. So yeah, so that's something like interesting that I intend to do. And now the next point, the next stitch pattern I want to bring up is my ultimate favourite and that is the corner to corner. C2C. Yeah, C2C project. So the reason why C2C to me is not a subcategory, like not a true subcategory on its own and it should remain within the stitch pattern is because all you do is double crochets and slip stitch. It's just that it's worked slightly different but you do chains in the corner you know to do it increase and in the middle it's just sets of three double crochet slip stitch to close three double crochets and three double crochets and three double crochets many times over hi whiskey you're distracting me (laughs) so and you know it's it's i think it's different oh my goodness it's different because you build it up like I said, from the corner to corner. And I can see why people say it's a category on its own. Because in all of crochet, C to C stitches or stitch patterns are the only ones that you work starting from one corner and you build it up diagonally into the two corners and you decrease on both sides as you as you ah, know. I didn't know. So that's the only pattern that does that. It's 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 a way, it's a series of increases and decreases. Mm. So when you want to build up, you're just increasing on both sides yep. of your corner. And 
you're just it's just a clever manipulation of stitches like I said and then when you want to build upwards you just increase on one side, one side. and decrease on the other it. side yeah. and then it grows a certain way yeah, yeah. you know it's very similar to making a triangle which is basically what you're doing you're making a big triangle mm-hmm. by doing putting increases on both sides and then when you're done with that you do decreases on both sides and then it closes up yeah. the square. Yeah. You know, you could do C to C's in so many stitch patterns if you know how to manipulate that and if you know how to do an increase in a particular pattern. Yeah. You could just increase on both sides and decrease until you get a square or a rectangle or whatever. Or whatever shape, yeah. And so for that reason, it's, <laughs> it's just where you put the increases and decreases yeah. to make a, a shape or, yeah. or a piece of work. It's not really... It doesn't require something specific or different because ultimately you're still making use of the basic stitches. You could do like a modified uh, modified C to C which instead of a double crochet you work with a half double. So it, you could put in any stitch really. Mm. The concept of a C to C which stands for corner to corner is that you work out from one corner and you build it up towards the other corner diagonally. Yeah, I see. So that's the only way, the only reason why C2C is, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes people say it's a category on its own is because nowhere else in crochet do you do this. But I mean, come on, if you've ever worked a triangle shawl, Mm -hmm. you start with one corner and you build it up that way, you could totally flip it to the other side and then, you know, work the other side (laughs) <laughs> yeah. and then build the other triangle and make it into, into a square, a square yeah. and so it's just how you put the stitches together The to me it's not any different from making like um, circles or rectangles or squares or hexagons mm. it's not any different you're just putting increases and decreases at specific places to create you know corners in certain areas yeah. and when you put a sharp corner in a certain area it becomes a corner <laughs> You yeah, know? yeah. So when you put like uh, like a chain two or something in one side, it becomes a corner, and then now it creates the illusion that you're working up in a certain way. Mm. But you could do it, you know, C to C. It's just basically being smart with your increases and decreases yeah. and corners. Yeah, like you say, it's the way you manipulate how you want the yarn to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not. I wouldn't. I would never say it's a category on its own because it doesn't require kind of like Tunisian, where it requires something different altogether yeah. like different tools different whatever you know all you need is one crochet hook and know how to do the you know like a chain like a double crochet like the basic foundation stitches yeah. and with the foundation stitches you could do any of these things that I am I have now mentioned you know so for that reason this is my top grey area yeah. sort of uh, stitch patterns yeah I think for, for I mean from what I'm hearing it just seems like that this particular that this particular mm-hmm. uh, pattern mm-hmm. have grown so popular that so many people are working with it or finding different ways to uh, do it differently yeah. somehow one way or another that it, it has become sort of like a category on its own and also it feels different right yeah. like it's not it's not something we're used to working in a row versus working in the corners. Corners, but corners yeah. Ultimately, even if a C, if you, even if you're working in a C to C pattern, you do work in the rows. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, just that correct. your rows grow bigger as you expand and become smaller as you as you finish. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, so you are still working in rows, whether you're working in the circle or whether it's a corner to corner or not. So for that reason, it's not it's not any different you don't have like a forward or backward pass yeah. you don't use beads you don't use um, you don't have stuffing like or different, me. Or different tool or something like that yeah, yeah. exactly so you know I that's, agree. that's yeah. how that's how I feel about it um, I will I will from time to time for ease of understanding when I teach my classes explain that you know uh, tapestry or C2C is another technique altogether mm-hmm. and could sometimes be considered a subcategory but I'm very careful to explain that as long as you know the basics, single, half, double, double, treble, double, treble, onwards, as long as you understand the basics, as long as you understand that all of crochet is based on the concept of a yarn over and pull through two, all the way through you reach the end, then you can basically do anything in <laughs> yeah, crochet. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I get that. With the exception of Tunisian, to me, because yeah. Tunisian is like it's not. It shouldn't even be considered a subcategory. It's a. It's a category on its own because it's you know a cross between knitting, and, and crochet. And crochet. Yeah. It's just that it requires more knowledge of crochet than knitting. Mm-hmm. I see. So, that's my list. I think we have, kind of gone a little the bit one overboard. Hour mark. Yeah. I haven't even gone into. Uh, another list. I think I have like eight or nine stitches in that list. Oh, okay. In that list that 
are stitches which I don't even consider a stitch pattern. It's just a type of stitch. A type yeah. of stitch. Okay. Yeah. I don't okay. even consider like it doesn't deserve a stitch <laughs> a <laughs> category. category on its own. So I think what we'll have to do is come back and do a part, part two, two because yeah. we are way over an hour with this episode and I don't wanna you know, take up too much time because I think the other episode might take like half an hour or so. So yeah. I don't want this episode to go to to grow <laughs> to grow too long. So I think we will leave you guys here. If you wanna add to this conversation and you know share your thoughts, you can email us. We are crookedcrochetsg at gmail.com or you can just send us a message on Instagram. We are at crookedcrochetsg. If you wanted to, you could send me a WhatsApp message or an iMessage. You can find us at plus six five nine one two seven two seven four three. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about whether you think these are, you know stitch cat oh did you hear with me yeah, yeah, I just made a little <laughs> sleeping squeak squeaky sound <laughs> you can send me your thoughts on whether you think these are you know they deserve a category uh, on yeah. its own or do you think that or do you agree with us that yeah there's only that few yeah, true and, categories and everything else is just uh, how you put the yeah. stitches together you know because I'm quite sure that people would have opposing opinions and just you know just to remind everyone again that this is just my opinion of things and how I see things because I teach crochet it makes me think a little bit too much about whether it's considered a stitch pattern or it's considered yeah. a subcategory of stitches or yeah. not you know so when I try to teach somebody like say tapestry crochet and I try so hard to explain it about, you know, it's a subcategory and mm. whatever. And when they're finally doing it, they say, oh, so it's just single crochets. Yeah. And yeah. then that kind of reframes the way I'm, you know, you the think way about I see it. Yeah. And because I teach so many people, I'm constantly rechanging the way yeah. I see the stitches. Yeah. And it, I guess it's also important that you need to sort of define, have a definition for it mm. in order to explain it to somebody else, right? Yeah, that's right. So that's my thoughts on things. Tell me how you feel about it. And I think we'll let you go now. Yeah. We will see you in the next episode. Yeah, and then Risky can go back down on floor because <laughs> my leg is dead. Okay. Numb. See you guys next week. See you guys Bye. next week. Bye. Bye.